episode 12 with Encima Eyang. I'm 1000% sure that I fucked that up. Uh, but today's episode is all about how to become an anomaly. Encima is hands down one of the largest humans I have ever seen, and I repeat that an inappropriate amount of times during this episode. Despite his large Nigerian frame, he is rooted in Stoic principles, and that has led him to build a reputable uh, reputation in the bodybuilding community, along with recently taking the world of Brazilian jiu-jitsu by storm. He co-hosts the Mark Bell Power Project podcast, along with his own podcast, We Don't Know Yet. Hands down, a very interesting dude. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for a review on iTunes and for you to screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your story. Be sure to tag me at Austin Current. Enjoy the conversation. Um, I don't think we've talked since legitimately maybe 2015. Like, yeah, yeah. Even on like through social or anything, I think we've just like been kind of like following each other since then. Because so we we were, I know we talked a lot more in 2014, 2015, um, mm-hmm. than we than we have since. Because I I don't think we've talked since. So what's yeah. been going on? I guess since 2015. <laughs> like, how- yeah. So 2015 was like the bodybuilding stuff. I was doing the prep, and that's when I did a few shows. Once Canada, once Worlds, it was cool. Then after that, I started just going back into focusing on training, which was nice. So I started doing like more powerlifting, uh, incorporated with the bodybuilding stuff. So competed in that for a little bit. Then after that, I started jujitsu in 2016, late 2016, I think. Wait, late? Yeah, yeah. It'd be late 2016. No, early 2016 in jujitsu. Um, and yeah. Started started doing that. Started loving that. Now I've uh, become addicted to jujitsu along with everything else. Uh, I mean, you're fairly fairly proficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like I, I'd never had any like grappling experience, but jujitsu was really nice because it was the first thing in a long time that I went into that like I knew nothing about athletically. Like I had no experience. I I, I didn't have anyone up. I just knew nothing. Right. And that was so cool because like in the beginning, I was getting my ass beat a lot by people that were so much smaller than me. Um, and that was it's like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was one of the things that kind of drew me into it. I was like, wow, if this 155, maybe 160 pound black belt is able to tap me six times in six minutes, there's something here. Right. And I was like 265 at the time. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll stick with this. Um, and then, yeah, and then I started helping out Mark and co-hosting this podcast, I think, earlier this year. Yeah, that's pretty much been it. That's pretty much been it. So let's actually, what I, uh, this podcast is all about just fucking doing whatever we want, essentially. So um, seeing where the conversation goes. So, so what I want to do is actually dive into kind of what we were talking, like what you just said with uh, the jujitsu. So yeah. I think there's something to that that challenge there of just like, coming across something that you know you have the physical capabilities and the intel like the intelligence to figure it out but you don't have it yet and so it's like and you're getting your ass kicked by a dude that's half your size and so i guess like obviously that's what drew you in but like what's what i guess what's that taught you more or less so like 
the a big thing that like we talk about on this podcast, you know, Mark's podcast too, is like just continuously learning new things and continuously evolving, you know, uh, and and having that vigor just just to learn, just to try new things and get better, right? With whether it be with lifting, whether it be with um, optimization of your nutrition, all that type of stuff. Now with jujitsu. When I first started, I, like, I mentioned that story of that black belt that would tap me out like six times in six minutes. Um, the big thing that that taught me was that first off, I, I need to be relentless in terms of asking questions because that's the only way I was able to improve at jujitsu well. Literally after every single sparring session and sparring match that I do, I'd always ask the upper belt, what did I do there that was like good or bad? Uh, what do I need to work on? Because... Um, it's uh, again it's like grappling especially if you have no experience grappling it's totally foreign you know this dude is crawling all over my body and choking me out and tapping me in so many different ways that i literally did not know i had no idea what was going on so i i i think that was a place where like i continued to or let's just say it was reiterated that you just need to keep asking questions continue learning more um and then the ego aspect of it um Jiu-jitsu is really cool in the fact that <laughs> you walk in, you roll with another human being, they beat you up, you then clasp hands and you say thank you for that, and then you go to the next person and they beat <laughs> you up again. Ass. <laughs> and then you say thanks for beating my ass again, then you move to the next one and they beat you up again, at least when you're newer. I'm not saying I don't get tapped anymore, I don't get tapped nearly as much, um, but like it's like you do this with this other person, y'all are friends after that, you know, and, and that's, that's different. You know, it's, 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 it's There's something to that. Like that. Yeah. You know, into the other parts of your life. It, it does. I think there's also, I can't even explain it. There is something about going against somebody and they legit choke you out. You tap and in the back of your head, you know, this person didn't let go. They could have killed me. Like, <laughs> like seriously, they, they could have taken my life if they really wanted to. And I would have been at their mercy. There would have been nothing I could have done. Or they could have broken my arm if they really wanted to. And I wasn't able to defend myself against it. There is something there. I don't know what it is. Psychologically, there is something there. But, um, but yeah, like, like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's definitely different. And... Uh, it's just so cool in, in terms of the community there. Like everyone is super cool. Everyone's super nice. I've never run into another practitioner that I've rolled against that it, it, like it's been weird or just, you know, it, it's never been what you expected or maybe what an individual on the outside expects that world to be. You know, if you're, if you're with a bunch of like fighters and grapplers, you'd expect it to be super aggressive and super, <clears throat> it's not like that. Everyone's super chill. So yeah, it's dope. <laughs> yeah, that sounds dope, man. It's it sounds like it's so it sounds like pieces of um like did, did you play sports growing up? Soccer. Okay, soccer. So um I I don't have any experience with soccer and like kind of the camaraderie of that, but I can I can assume that there's some there's some similarities between the you know soccer because I knew guys like obviously that played soccer and you know football basketball like these these more uh i would guess stereotypical sports you would play growing up and there's that sense of kind of like that that challenge that camaraderie that that ego at play but i'd say the biggest difference there that i'm noticing and i like you you hear like joe rogan talk about the brotherhood and camaraderie of that as well and um that's just by i'd say my biggest exposure to 
people talking about it. And, but at the end, no matter what happens, you just, there's amount of like that level of respect of like a handshake and thank you. And it's like, you don't get that in any other, no, no other sport I've played. No, nothing in bodybuilding, really nothing in, nothing in like typical, like American sports would be, uh, with like baseball, football, basketball sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, it's just, that seems foreign to me, um, that after getting your ass kicked, you would just say thank you and shake your hand and, you know, move on to the next one and, and do it all over again. And then at the end of the day, like there's just this brotherhood of, Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for for kicking my ass. If you did, you taught me a lot. Um, let's all go home. And it's just mm-hmm. like that. That to me is super cool. Um, so I, yeah, I just wanted to like highlight how I guess I guess how drawn that would make me to like something like jujitsu or something like grappling. And yeah, I totally agree with you that. And that's why like whenever I see an individual that's like a even a like a blue belt, a blue, a purple, a brown, or a black belt. Anyone who's you your done it, belt, right? Or, yeah, yeah, I just got my purple belt. Okay. Yeah, um, and anyone that has those belts, right? Especially though, brown and black belts, I respect them so much because they've they were able to get themselves through the stages of, you know, absolute, absolutely just being horrible, right? Um, and and they, like how humble you need to be to be able to get there successfully means you had to go through so many just thrashings, right? And so much learning and so much continuous thrashing, right? Where now you're here, you have this belt, you have this proficiency, but that means you got from, from here to here and you were able to do it. A lot of people quit in the beginning because they just can't take, they can't take that initial just like stage of just being really, really, really bad, yeah. you know? Like at a blue belt, you're good, but you're still kind of bad. Yeah, at a purple belt, you you could be good, but you might still be just kind of like kind of bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they got through those stages, and they got this black belt successfully, which is super hard to get. And there's just so much respect for them because they went through all of that and they didn't quit. I think it's like it's so hard for an individual not to quit because it's really like at the beginning, man, it was so so difficult. I. I didn't want to quit because I knew that it was something I could learn, but like you just have to take, you have to take yourself out of it. You know, you have to take your ego out of it and just be there like in, in your head. You just want to learn. That's all you got to want to do. You want to learn. That's it. And that's, uh, the, it's just, it's, it's crazy, man. I love it. That's a beautiful thing though. Cause like when you think of, you know, so when you think of doing like business, for example, you know, we're both, both online business owners and do business online and, that's always going to be, you know, having your own business as a whole is just fucking hard, you know? And there's these roller coasters of emotions. Um, I, I think of Anchorman and uh, Will Ferrell's in that phone booth and he's just screaming, uh, the glass case of emotion. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but if you don't, that's all right. Um, but there's just, there's all this, this roller coasters of emotion, right? And, this feeling of wanting to to quit when shit gets hard or something is defeating or you feel like you've been defeated. And that seems like what you're explaining jujitsu to be to you and how you kind of came through it and were introduced to it and have stuck with it seems to me a lot like a very good, well-rounded approach to the business world or, um, <laughs> you know, relationships or 
uh, the competing world or anything that's just like, look, dude, you got your ass kicked. You failed. And no one gives a fuck. Uh-huh. Like, learn, ask questions. Why, why did you fail? Like, ask yourself questions, ask other people questions, learn from it. No one's sitting here judging you as you think they are. Like, no one truly gives mm-hmm. a fuck about it. And you're the only one that's giving it weight or merit. And if you would just move on, take the ego out of it, and just take this as an experience of like, look, I'm just here to do my best, ask questions, learn. And I think over time, if I do it enough and I stick with it, I'm going to be good at this. And I yeah. think that's like, you know, I think that's more or less like motivations behind, you know, like for me, for business, for example, or, or anything alike of like the knowledge that we have to keep obtaining to be the best that we can be as coaches or educators or whatever else. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, okay, imagine where you are now. And then imagine if you keep that consistency up for 10 years and 20 years. And it's just like, that's scary. But yeah. There's all that in between noise that kind of gets in the way. Um, that really keeps you, I think, from progressing within that. But that's a beautiful thing. And I don't know if that's something you've taken from, from jujitsu, if, if it's kind of leaked into other places of your life. Um, you know, if it had, like, what, what do you think has leaked the most? Or like, what's, what do you think has changed most? Cause I'm super intrigued by this. Like, what do you think's changed the most from like pre jujitsu starting jujitsu and then like progressing through it? What do you think's changed in other, like other parts of your life, like business, um, managing your physique, progressing towards something, something greater there. That's a really good question, man. Um, I think something that has increased in terms of the degree that I do it has been the the question asking asking aspect or being being more inquisitive about things because I've never been to say nervous throughout like whatever my school career, all that type of stuff of like being the person to ask questions or just look stupid. I don't. I, I never really cared much about that. Part of that was because like when I was really young. Um, my mom, she like enrolled me in like some classes at a city college when I was really, really young. Are so you first generation American or are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was I, I just wondered. Yeah. 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 She was born there. Um, sort of, I, we have some friends that are kind of first generation American or their parents come from Nigeria and the yeah. way they have the stories that they tell. I'm just wondering uh-huh. if there's similar correlations. Like I'm going to hear some things about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to ask for the for the sake of me knowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, there's going to be a lot of type views you might see. I, I anticipate that. But um, like, yeah, she she enrolled me in like some uh, some uh, some like AR like classes at a community college when I was like really young, like six seven. And I saw her always asking questions, and I I was just like from there I was just like I didn't care about asking questions, and all these adults were in the room. So from that point, like I never really cared about being the one to look stupid, um, or being the one to like act like they didn't, or just show that they really didn't know what was going on, you know. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this actually. You, you mentioned this in the, your last statement. You were like um, saying how nobody gives a fuck if you fail. <laughs> Only, that's right? scary, but that- yeah, they just don't. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things that an individual that wants to start something new, whether it be a new business or they want to take a new journey into like, uh, you know, owning their fitness, you know, maybe stepping into a bodybuilding stage or, or starting strength training, trying to get stronger. The, the biggest aspect, I think, is the beginning where 
you go in and it's your first day or you're, you're trying it out with your nutrition um, and you maybe mess up on a few things or some at work tells you, oh, that's what you're eating. Oh my God, what are, what are you trying to do on this new health kick? Like yeah, yeah. All, all that type of stuff. You care what other people around you think. When in reality, first off, not that many people really care if anybody other than yourself. Um, and you're the only one who's putting pressure on yourself. Um, so I think that the big thing that really kind of adjusted for me was even going down that, that road of giving less shits <laughs> than yeah. I did before. Like I already really didn't, I tried not to put too much weight on what people thought of me. Not, and this is not saying that I absolutely didn't because being on social media and having to put stuff out there, oh my God, I definitely cared how it looked, yeah. right? But I think jujitsu kind of helped me to lessen that. Like, like at this point, I care a bit less. I, 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 I just want to put out things that I think people will enjoy, but also that I'm happy about. If other people don't like it, I really doesn't bother me any that much anymore. I think that kind of grew a bit um, from jujitsu. What else do I think maybe kind of kind of got better? Oh, and in terms of like my, I guess my personal fitness, um, at, at, like since I've started that, and I think also like after I stopped, after like I, I had my last show, 2015, from bodybuilding, I've been much more performance based in terms of my personal fitness goals. Um, your physique looks probably the best it ever has at this point. Like, oh, you're just a like into a human. I, I like, I see, I see photos and I'm just like, this dude's fucking huge. Like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. And then like when I'm, when I hear people that are like, yeah, he's a big dude. I'm like, no, I know some big dudes. Like, let me see him. Like he not, I feel like a mother that it's just like, oh, you think your son's good? No. Look at my son. He's the best. It's uh, when I see, when I see oh. Anyone's just like mentioning something. I'm like, you should see Encima. Like this dude's a fucking giant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think like all like seriousness, uh, in all seriousness, I, I think like progressing from, and I've seen this happen with other people too. Um, as soon as you start to step away more and more kind of from bodybuilding, the better, obviously this can go one of two ways, but if you, if you have a goal in mind, that's very, obviously, you know, BJJ is very, fucking strenuous right like how many cow like you're getting after it like yeah. probably a struggle to maintain any any weight or what you know substantial mm -hmm. amount of uh, weight that you put on but as a whole like i i think there's two ways that things could go but i've really seen it index well for people that take a step back from bodybuilding they take a step back from the kind of neurotic insanity that that takes and giving a fuck about every little gram of everything um, that they're consuming, that it that stress alone takes so much away from your potential. Um, yeah. And I, I saw this like happen, like a, a self, you know, a story about myself. You know, last year, for example, like last year was probably, and I'm 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 kind of crawling myself out of that hole currently of like going through kind of a recomp stage of kind of gaining control back over my own physique in the way that I've always, always looked with kind of effortlessly, essentially. And it didn't make sense to me because last year I took a form or I took, started taking a shape of like, I don't recognize this, this person. I don't recognize not only like looking at myself emotionally and from a sense of self, but also a physical self, a physical being of like, I don't recognize who I see in the mirror. 
and nothing, I, I was still training. I was still doing normal shit. I was still eating the, the things like, you know, macro ratios and calorie totals, like things I've always done that I've just intuitively done and maintained a, a good physique and, or, and a good sense of self. And there was so much stress on me last year, like stress, just kind of stress that I took on myself. Um, a lot of stress that came from, I guess, not managing expectations very well. Um, expecting a lot of that never happened essentially. In what sense? Um, so like last year as a whole, um, you know, I, I had a, I kind of left physique development, went on to do a different thing, more into the education realm of, uh, mainly educating personal trainers. So I traveled around the world, um, and educated personal trainers and kind of took my career in a sense to the next level of what you'd, you know, think of like the progression of like, you know, you, you compete, you become a coach, you become good at coaching, you become Mm -hmm. proficient in the knowledge, then you become an educator of those coaches. Um, and to me, like in this path, I was like, yeah, it seems like this is it, man. This is what I've kind of been working for in my head. Uh, and I had a real grass is greener on the other side complex. Um, and so I, I stepped down from physique development and basically pursued, which I quickly learned I held a lot of identity in. Um, and so when I left, like kind of cold turkey, just like, all right, I'm out. You know, I handed, yeah. like, essentially I like, handed over the reins to, to Alex and was just like, hey, man, here you go. Like, see, I'm out moving. I, mean, <laughs> I moved in. So like I moved from Australia back to the U.S. I moved to Denver where, where I'm at now. And there was just so much, so many moving parts, so many that, so much, so many things that changed. And I think, you know, this was, I joined up with a startup that there was, you know, obviously a lot of ambition within, you know, if we do things right, things can be here, here, and here. This is kind of our freedom of work. This is our workflow. This is the way things are going to look, you know, we're going to travel, we're going to do all these things. And, and some of those things did happen and there was definitely some enjoyment in there. And I learned a ton, um, but as a whole, if I look at all of last year, you know, I, things that happened financially, things that happened from a stress of, again, not managing expectations very well of kind of a kid, you, you know, like picture a kid getting really excited. Um, this is kind of, I guess, dark in a way, but like you think, let's say you think your dad's going to come pick you up and you're super amped up and then he never shows up and you're like, why didn't he show up? Like, yeah, what did I do wrong. And, you know, you, you kind of like see that narrative told a lot. Um, and that's kind of how it felt essentially to me was I got really excited for my dad to show up. My dad's a great guy, by the way, he, he does show up, but in the context of the story, <laughs> uh, like I want to make that very clear in case my dad listens to this, but like, yeah. um, in the context of the story, it's kind of like that effect of, you're waiting for something to happen that you're super, you're so excited about. And then it just doesn't. And you're like, will it ever happen? Will he ever show up? Am I wasting my time? Am I actually happy doing this? Mm-hmm. Is it everything I thought it'd be? Is the grass really greener over here? Or, or was I just bored of watering my own lawn? It, it, there's so many questions that popped up that like, that came about. And then all the stress, like the, the, the systemic chronic stress, that I felt on a daily basis. Like there was a point at which there was a three month period in which I maybe slept three out, two, three hours a night. Like I'd, I maybe felt I'd be able to fall asleep, wind myself down enough to fall asleep by, you know, maybe midnight 
And by 3 a.m., my body is like like a, a stress response. Like I wake <laughs> up and I'm just I, I can't go back to sleep. I have to get up. I, I either start working or I'll go out. I went out in the living room and watch TV for a bit, try to read, try to fall back mm-hmm. to sleep. Some days I was able to fall asleep for another hour or two. Some days I was just, that was it. Three hours is all I get. And that was like three months of my life. Um, and just the, the stress. And then obviously the, the, the cause and effect of not even sleeping and then dealing with all of this, like this basically I think was the, the culmination of a physique, like how much it, it really spoke to me, how much stress can play on your physique and the way that it just functions physiologically and yeah. like a chemical level. And I, I guess that's what I'm tying back to what, what I see when people kind of take a step back from the, you know, bodybuilding, very, very, very like to the gram type of tracking and essentially insanity to a, to a degree. And, you know, I, I you see kind of people's physiques transform because they're less, you know, I, I would account it to be, they're, they're still, and especially you have to have, I think you've done it such a great job at setting this example is like you create, like you take a step away from the bodybuilding stage, but that doesn't mean the athletic, that, that doesn't mean that these feats of, of growth are over. Like, mm-hmm they're just beginning like that. Maybe that was just the entry that you needed to get into what the next challenges were for you. And your physique has just kept improving in this time frame. And it's just like, I don't know, there's a testament to, well, you're not necessarily focused on that task, but you're improving towards that task. It's like almost subconsciously or behind the, yeah. behind a curtain. And then if you ever, you know, if you wanted to go back to it, it's like, you're in such a great position to do, to do so. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that correlation to me, just kind of like seeing people take a step back from things, this really playing into other avenues of life too. Like maybe if you're so stressed about something that isn't necessarily performing well or going well for you, let's take business. Like take a step back, see a bigger picture, focus on other metrics. Like success lies in the metrics that you're tracking. And so if you're fucking worried about your follower, you're worried about, your your bottom your the income coming in monthly like you're in you're worried about all these things that obviously matter you know big picture but like the day-to-day of it mattering doesn't like take a step back where's the process at where's where's the actual rationale behind the actions you're taking daily and it's like i can see these things really kind of like pieced together of like there's so much here that mm-hmm. i feel like you are learning with this journey through like uh through jujitsu and I, I think I've been able to kind of, again, like I know we haven't spoken necessarily since 2015, but it's been very obvious to me that this transition, this growth has happened for you um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Like it just seems like it's very, and what I, that's only what I've known of you over social, right? Which is yeah, yeah. Such a small, the 1% of who you are, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's noticeable. And I, I just wanted to kind of like, I don't know. I, I think maybe I needed to piece that together. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. if you piece something together. Um, there but yeah i think there was just a lot there but yeah no there 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 was a lot there <laughs> there was a there lot was, right there <laughs> yeah and, well l- let's let's just talk about like you know because i mean i didn't totally step away from bodybuilding it's an aspect of like the way i train i still work with bodybuilders yeah but 
I haven't competed because first off, I haven't had the fire to compete. I really haven't just, I mean, I haven't wanted to all of these years. And I still, every time I, I go to a show, I look at the people on stage. It, it's it like, I'm proud of those people, but nothing within me is like, I got to step on stage now. Right. So I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it. And I think when I, when I stopped competing, I, I, you know, what I really liked to do was train. Like, I just really like training. I like that pro- process. Yeah. Um, whether it's for strength, whether it's for building muscle, I just really like training and, and some of the progression aspects of it. Even the, even, and like, yes, we want progression in our, in our training, but even when things aren't making progress, I still freaking love training. That's why I did all of that stuff. It wasn't because of the stage. It was because like, I like to train and well, shoot, if I can compete at something that I like to train with, shoot, it kind of falls in line, right? So the training aspect of things, honestly, is also what I try to get, especially athletes that, that I work with that might be younger, I try to get them to focus on that. Um, because in the age of social media that we're at right now, my God, dude, I feel like you and I are so lucky that I don't know what age you started training, but I anticipate that you started training when you were a bit younger, like myself. Yeah, I was and, 12, I think. Right? Okay, exactly. Yeah. I, I was like 13. When I look at some of, these, some of these guys I work with that, they start training at maybe 16, 18, 19, right? They're first stepping in the gym. That's great. I'm happy they're doing that. But now they have the extra challenge of Instagram and YouTube, right? Fuck yeah. Where like, okay, when, I think when I was 17 is when I first discovered like the Hodge twins or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I've already been lifting for four years. So I already put on a little bit of size, right. but this is someone that's just entering and they see the Christian Guzmans, the Chris Joneses, the hundreds of other influencers that are jacked and ripped and yacked. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, shoot that guy's only 20 or he's only 19. I'm 19. He looks like this. I look like this. And then they start this whole comparison trap that just stresses them out. They get so much anxiety about it that they're they're, They now want to like, what should I do instead? Should I do this? Oh, I've been training for a year and I'm not even nearly this big. It's just so tough. Yeah. Right. It's almost like you failed before you started. Like you've been, maybe not you haven't failed before you started, but you've, you've really set yourself up to make this the hardest path possible. Yeah. This is the path with most resistance, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, for, for them, the physique that they're trying to attain is not a three year physique for a lot of people. It's going to be, maybe you attain it in seven or nine or 10 years. Right. But it's going to be tough to just slowly fall in love with the the aspect of training to be able to get to that point, because you got to like training to do it for that long. To get to that end point, you gotta love it. You you really do, and it's 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 tough to fall in love with that when you have all these other distractions that are are keeping you away from just enjoying the damn process. It's so tough. So that was a big thing for me to to realize. Like uh, the competing aspect of bodybuilding is cool, but I just like the training aspect of it. I could I could train like this like forever, and and I'd be happy with that. I don't need to step on stage again. Um, and then and again, you also mentioned kind of like. I stopped kind of focusing on my physique for a period after my competitions. I was like, okay, bulk mode, 275, let's go, 5,000 calories. Like, <laughs> I was like <laughs> so gigantic, dude. Like, that, was, that was the goal. Like, I was like, okay, I've never been in the 270s. Let's get there. Let's bulk. Right. So, like, I was, I was still tracking for a period, but 
after some time, I was like, I felt really uncomfortable, like <laughs> just walking oh, around. Well, shit, dude. I think about think. Okay, think back. Like, let's let's stick some logic on this. I actually answered a question. So I, I love doing uh, Q and A's on my Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and someone asked. Uh, they were eating kind of like you were just saying. They were eating. The question was, I've been eating four thousand calories for the past, you know, X amount of months. Uh, you know, I've got. I've got gas, I've got distress, I've got bloating, I've got, and I'm like, dude, at what point? Because I looked at his Instagram and he's not that big of a person. Like he was big enough, but like at what point through your evolution do you think any of your ancestors ever fucking ate (laughs) 4,000 calories? I'm like, how do you think you were set up to be like this? Yeah. In what way? Like no fucking way you were ever, ever set up from... And obviously we've kind of hacked our system in terms of being able to get jacked and add muscle tissue. And we understand that now. And it's much easier for us now because we understand the process. We have an abundance of nutrients and energy and food and time for leisure to train and do all these yeah. things, which is so amazing. Your gut didn't get any bigger, bro. Like it's the same gut. Like yeah. you are 120 pounds soaking wet or you're 250. Same gut. Same exactly. Gut. Same everything. Your yeah. internal workings, like, it's like, you know, it, you're putting all the, like, you, let's say you trick out, you know, you, you're like a, you're a 17 year old that has, you know, your parents' credit card and all you have a choice between souping up the inside of your, your vehicle and souping up the outside. Well, no shit. We're all for appearances. So let's soup up the outside. Let's get the coolest fucking car. But you turn that thing on and it's the timing belt's all screechy and like it's just a piece of shit in the inside. Like nothing changed inside, bud. Same car. Yeah. You just yeah. look cooler on the outside. And that's that's essentially, I guess my it was much uh easier to I think to digest. I, I didn't come on that hard, but like <laughs> that was the essential, like, what do you think's happening here, man? Like uh-huh. you're not getting more jacked in your gut. Like exactly. No. You're totally right. But <laughs> yeah, man, like, oh God, that um at that point, like I got to, I think maybe 269 and I, but I, I wasn't still too focused on my physique. I was like, I just want to see about how much muscle I can try and put on. And then that's kind of where I, I started maybe just focusing on my performance less on my physique. Say 2016, I got into jujitsu. I was like 265 when I started. I wasn't too worried about my physique at that point. I was just like, okay, I want to get faster on the mats. I'm not going to track nearly as much. I'm still going to train. So I'm still going to try and figure out how I can make sure that everything in the gym is going well while everything on the mats is going well. So that was a little bit of a puzzle there. Fast forward, um, I started like adding new things to the way I, 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 you know, eat and my habits in terms of like, you know, you've heard us talk about fasting here uh, and there's nothing really magical about fasting, but what I did find was it did help me with like my, my nutritional habits, my cravings. Um, I wouldn't feel cravings for food that I would the past typically feel cravings for. Um, I was able to get a little bit, I was able to make friends with feeling hungry sometimes, which is something that like once I felt hungry in the past, yeah. it's time to, you know, you'd grab a meal immediately. And I felt that that was just a much better way for me to look at food. And I just started, I started dropping over time, leveled at around 240 to 245. Again, this is kind of without trying. I wasn't trying to physically cut. I wasn't tracking to cut. I just slowly over the period of years went from 265 down to 260, 255, 250, 240 to 245 is where I've been for the past year, maybe even, 
yeah, about the past year. Sometimes I'll fluctuate and get into 250 in certain times of the year. But this is where I've been. And like you mentioned, this is like, I think that the best that I've ever looked and the best that I've ever felt. And it's without, like, I, I'm stress-free. Like, I'm just doing what I want to do every day uh, in terms of exercise, in terms of my work, in terms of what I do. And I, I don't track. I don't track to see how much I'm eating. I just eat intuitively. I have good protocols in terms of my nutrition. So, like, I just feel good. And it's, again, it's without really, you know, tracking or trying to cut etc um so yeah it was unintentional like you mentioned but it's what happened (laughs) it's what happened man and that's i think that just to kind of round it out like it's such a testament to instilling good routine good habit good merit and logic behind what you're doing Mm -hmm. and like that didn't come by chance like that came from years of you know you had a time where you were obsessed, the time where you did track everything, a time where you built those habits of understanding what portions are and what nutrients, you know, break down or make up a certain category or, or food type or, or whatever else. And that in and of itself, like you wouldn't be where you are now without that person that you were. And I think that's another thing as a whole is like trying to almost beat down a version of yourself that maybe now you kind of think back of like, yeah, that was kind of destructive or yeah, I would do that again. But it's like, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing with the, the level of which you can do it. So intuitively without that person, without the person in, you know, 2015 who stepped on stage. Right. So, um, how many shows did you do total up to this point? 2015, I did four shows. Then before that, 20, late 2012, early 2013, I did three shows, I think. So that was kind of your introduction. And then 2015 was kind yeah. of like, let's see where this can go. 2015 was like, okay, well, let's get a, let's get an actual solid prep. Um, and, and, and see like what I can, what can be achieved in this prep. Yeah. That was like, actually dude, shoot, 2015 was tough. Cause that was 40 weeks of dieting. We had diet breaks spread in between, of course, yeah. but the whole prep was like 40 weeks, 40 to 42 weeks. And, uh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> I think maybe it's the length of the diet that made me never turn back. <laughs> That's a long, long time, dude. That's like, yeah, we went from 265 to like 228. Yeah, I was in, um, I remember watching that. So I was in, I would have been in England at the time, uh, in 2015 when that was, when your prep was going on. And I remember you going through that. I also remember you put out a video. Um, I don't know what made this come up, but it was talking about like natural people being like my name got mentioned. And I was like, I was on your YouTube or something. I was like, why the fuck did my name come up out of all all the fucking people, you know, my name came out of your mouth. And I was like, it, it excited me. I was stoked. Like I was just like, cool this is awesome you're uh, jack <laughs> yeah it's like fucking awesome um news to me but uh but yeah i mean i remember that i remember going through prep and i remember you putting out that video I actually came across because i was scrolling um i think if i'm in ubers or like i'm on a plane and i'm like tired of reading or i'm tired of doing whatever i was doing 
I kind of look through, or you're in that awkward period where the flight attendants are yelling at you to pull your stuff away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to fucking do. Like st- the person's coughing next to me and like, I got a snot nosed kid next to me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't do anything. Like, I guess yeah. I'll just go through my picture, my picture album. And so I was going through like all old photos. I always like kind of go back to the beginning and like search, look, you know, reminisce and look at old shit and like, Oh yeah. Like, oh, okay. I remember that. Um, and I came across that video and it's just like, I, I just started laughing. Um, which I don't know if that reminded me to reach out to you. Um, cause like I made an original list for the podcast and I'm like, you, your name was on it. Um, but I think maybe that reminded me like, Oh shit, I need to reach out. I need to reach out and get him, get him on this thing. Um, so let's transition, man. How did you, how did you get connected with, you know, Mark and, and those guys? Have you always kind of trained with them or did you train at the gym or did you kind of just get connected? After? Yes. So like it was, yeah, this was legit right after my prep in 2015, right after that finished, I didn't know Mark or any of the people here. Um, but I went to the LA fit expo that next year. And I think at barbell brigade, right. Mm-hmm. I saw Mark, like he saw me, he, he like waved me down. He's like, you're in SEMA, right? I was like, Whoa, Mark yeah. Bell, my name. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, Whoa, that's cool. But he's like, yeah, you're in SAC. And somehow he knew I was in SAC. I was like, Whoa. He's like, yeah, you should come train at super training. Cause super training's here in Sacramento. I didn't yeah. even know super training was in Sacramento. Okay. Uh, yeah. Crazy. But I was like, Oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come down and I'll train. So from there I came down to the gym and I started training here. That's where like, I like, they helped me in terms of my form, in terms of powerlifting and stuff, man. It's, it's crazy. When I came here, um, my deadlift max was maybe a dirty 630 for a sumo deadlift. A dirty, like a dirty looking 630. And for your size, like that's... It's not that impressive. I was, yeah. I was 260. You know, it's not that impressive for, that, for, for my size. Um, within four months, I think, went from 650 not 650, 630 to 715. Now, yeah, like what happened was they adjusted like my mechanics and the way I was doing my deadlift. So my deadlift max went down for a period. Like I couldn't even deadlift 585 without struggling. I got used to those mechanics. And then after a few weeks of getting used to those mechanics and everything being on lock and everything clicking, boom, my deadlift 715. So it wasn't that any new strength was gleaned. I didn't necessarily like become so much stronger, but my, my mechanics were fixed to allow me to become more efficient. And because of that efficiency, I was able to lift a substantial amount of more weight without trouble. So that like the strength was always there. Just my mechanics were shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was the, yeah. The, the motor units you were calling on were sh- like, you weren't maximizing everything in terms of, and then maybe you were actually trying to, you were probably creating more inefficiency because your background in bodybuilding than you needed to. And someone asked me the other day about the sumo versus conventional. I'm like, it's a game of efficiency. Like conventionally, your leverages are just a lot more goes on your, your tissue. And for a sumo, a lot less goes on your tissue. Yeah. You rely heavily on your bone structure to fucking go wherever, you know, you lock out your knees as quick as possible. Like get to the point where your skeleton is, like managing this um, yeah. as quickly as possible. And that, that, I mean, obviously that's a very rudimentary way to think about it, but like that was the, my quick explanation for the IG story. But yeah, I, I talk a lot about, so I'm, I'm big into like exercise execution and talk a lot about um, execution. And 
and as it pertains to really all things, whether your goal would be strength, building muscle, losing body fat, just ultimately transforming and it, cause it plays into everything. And there's that, I think that period of time where people are really scared to do it that I talk about. And that's that period, that refractory period of you will get weaker. You will, mm-hmm. your strength will go down. Your, your weight totals will go down. Your, all the things that you're doing will decrease for a moment of time. And if you put in that foundational month, two months, three months, whatever you need to figure it the fuck out, watch your strength and your physique transform to a point where strength is no longer a question of, oh, we're progressing. Yeah. Like, yes, it's, I'm getting stronger. And you're actually using, like, you're using so much more of your, your actual muscle tissue and then actually targeting tension to places you actually want to go. Um, yeah. Like for example, in like a, a row, a rowing movement, like I used to have, and this is a testament too. I used to have this really well-developed upper back rear delt, uh, you know, upper back. And my lats were enough to like, from a aesthetic standpoint, make up for it, like on stage. But as mm-hmm. a, as a, my lats had little to no strength, like a true lat pull down or lat row, like lat focused row where you're really utilizing your lats, like very weak. Um, and as soon as I started learning how to actually place tension different place, like in the proper places I was trying to, I saw some real holes in my physique. Like my rear delts were non-existent anymore. Like I figured out that I was rowing with nothing yeah. but rear delts, Terry's and upper back. And I was just like, where did those go? And it's like, I never had to train uh-huh. on. Well, it's because, fuck, I rode with my biceps. Like, because <laughs> I started seeing all these holes in my physique where, you, where when you fix your execution, there, there's always a yin and a yang to everything. And you just hope that the upside's a little bit greater than the downside. But like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a downside to that. And it just, it, it turns out that my downside to that transformation was I saw true holes in where I otherwise thought like, Oh, I'm just shaped like this. Yeah. Oh, not the case. Like that's not true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that, there's that refractory period of having to, to take one step back to take two steps forward, essentially. Dude, no, I totally agree. Like, okay, let's, let's quickly remember you want, you wanted me to go down the hole of, okay, how I met Mark and the dudes, but there's another example with this. Let's, we'll go back to the Mark and the people here. Um, like I went to, IBJJF Worlds in 2018, 2018, IBJJF Worlds, I competed as a blue belt. So IBJJF Worlds is like the equivalent of the World Cup for Jiu-Jitsu. Um, it's, like, it's like the tournament. If you get gold at Worlds, like, damn, that's dope. Um, so obviously, there are different belts. There's Worlds for white belts, blue belts, purple, brown, and black belt Worlds, right? So I went to Worlds in 2018, and I was like, yo, I tried training so hard. Man, my game, my game's pretty on point. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, we're good, bro. We're gonna do this. I lost my first match. <laughs> right. And it was it was the yeah. stupidest. It was so dumb. I didn't get submitted, but I was just in a standing stalemate with this other guy and he won by points. Um, side story on this. In a lot of tournaments, if you lose your first match, sometimes you'll get to do like another match or two or whatever. Uh so I was sitting in the bullpen waiting, right? And uh this ref comes to me. He's like, Hey man, what's up, man? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm just looking on the board, waiting for my next match. You know, just chilling. He's like, Oh, you don't get another match if you lost. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. that sucks. I, just went, I, I, dude, I was so pissed. I'm like, I came out to LA for this. Really? Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, stand off with one dude, <laughs> <laughs> right? And <laughs> go back home. Um, I was so mad, bro. But what happened is I literally went, I, I went home and I was like, okay, in the ultra heavyweight class, a lot of guys, there, there's something in jujitsu called pulling guard. Um, it's mainly from when you play from your back and it's, it's more, it's a little bit more technical than just ramming your opponent onto the ground. Um, you manipulate your opponent from the bottom, you can sweep them, etc. So I, and most big guys don't have guard games because as bigger guys, they're more used to just being able to get on top of a person and manipulate them that way. So I was like, okay, if I want to do well at worlds next year, or if I want to be competitive, I need to be the big guy that moves like a little guy. I need to be as flexible as little guys. And I need to be able to have a game like the little guys because they're able to manipulate the big guys much better. So I went home. I started working on a guard game. I talked to Cassio. He's the coach over here at the gym. Um, I was like, okay, I got to build a guard because I got to be able to, I got to be able to roll around these big guys. Um, and that's what I did for quite a few months. My game was shit because I didn't have anything in resemblance to a guard and everything I've been doing so far. I did not have a guard. So for like six, seven months, I was just like, people were just like going all over me, passing my guard, et cetera. But then it got to a point where things clicked. And now like upper belts have big issues dealing with my guard. It's like a very big issue. I went to Worlds the next year, blue belt again. I managed to get second. My last, my last match I lost by like two points or whatever, but it was super close between me and this dude. But I ended up getting second. And it's because I took this different road, backtracked for months. I was just like much worse than I was before. And then when things started clicking, everything started working the way it should. And then my game, my game just totally evolved to a totally new thing that I didn't expect it to get to. So that just falls in line with what we were talking about here. Like sometimes you legit just need to take a step back, evaluate, try something different, suck at it again for a bit. And boom, that just might be the key to your success. Yeah. That's where I think um, the, so obviously, you know, you have the, the, the Gary V's of the world who kind of like ran focus on your strengths, you know, into you, um, which to a degree, yes, like there's a, there's a component of, all right, stop focusing on everything that you suck at. Like just focus on what you're good at, double down on that. You'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a component of doubling down on your strengths to a degree where you get to a certain place and then there's a glaring one or two things that are just like, these have to change. Like I have to get better at this. Like it's for me to be the best I can at this, these things that I'm super strong at, I got to fix these weak areas. And I think that's kind of where that, you know, where that came from. Cause like, you didn't know you had to fix those glaring weak, weak areas until you got to worlds and you're like, well, shit, I got, I, you know, I came to LA to stand up stand in a face to face with a standoff with a guy essentially. And yeah, to go back home and it's like, okay, well, I've gotten to this point by doubling down on my strengths where do I need to fix? And it's take a step back, reevaluate. So I think there's, there's kind of that, that ebb and flow of not having, not worrying so much about what you, what you suck at and trying to improve everything that you suck at. Cause that's a game that you'll be the man of many mediocre talents, but like you need to obviously double down on strengths enough to figure out what that is you are pursuing. And then maybe take a step back. Once you've figured out that glaring component that we, which you need to, to improve how many instances do you think that an individual you know how you know, people say focus on your strengths focus on your strengths double down on that but 
sometimes if you don't back up, there might be an avenue that you haven't gone down that maybe you think that's not really a strength of mine or never really messed with that might end up actually being a strength for you. That might end up actually being something that you didn't know you were going to be so good at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, was, was jujitsu something like that for you? Yeah. Like, like exactly like backing up and this is obviously this is totally in a, in a athletic com context, right? So we don't know if it can definitely pertain to what we're talking about here, but the guard is, was a total opposite of everything that I've been doing up until that point. And it's a total opposite for, for like guys, my size in jujitsu, typically their strengths are takedowns surfing on top and trying to play the top game. That's what, that's why ultra heavyweight guys focus on that. That's why you don't see many guys pull guard in the, in the heavier weight classes, because typically they don't need to when they're sparring in their schools. So like what I did was legit, like the total opposite of what every other big person does. Right. But in, in like, let's say real world context, I really, I, I, I wonder about that. What we were just mentioning here, like, yeah, you do want to focus on your strengths. And you, if you do have glaring weaknesses, you don't want to spend all your time on that. But again, maybe there are just other avenues that you never, you haven't thought about that might just be the place where, might just be the place where you really shine. Might just be a hidden strength that you never really knew about. Just something to think about. Don't know. Yeah, Whatever. no, it's, it's definitely something to think about. It's, yeah. it's, there's so many things to think about. And I think <laughs> the, the truth, there's truth to that though. Like it's, it's something that like, since, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, my, my struggles that I went through last year and trying to figure out things that I wanted to kind of move forward with. And what I wanted to kind of like this, just take this as an L and move on. Mm -hmm. um, but what that's forced me to do was really, really audit a lot of different components in my life and what I find to be important, to be enjoyable, uh, to give me to kind of give me that feeling of fulfillment and, and enjoyment, right? And a sense of purpose within the little world that I live in, you know, because you can't, to, for, to be ambitious in, I'm not, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm not gonna change the world, but I, I know I can change the small world maybe around me, which could have an effect, a greater ripple effect, you know, to the other people's, groups and worlds. Yeah. So that maybe just focused more on that for me. And then it was kind of like, well, how can I audit and ask more questions to myself and really figure out some answers to these questions? Are these things that I'm really struggling with internally that otherwise I've never had to think about or have an answer for because I kind of just, I brushed over top or I kind of just scooted it off to the side and I had enough going on or I had enough of distraction and I could kind of just like, well, not, I don't think about it. It's not a big deal mm -hmm. until you, until you do. And then it's like, okay, well, all these years of putting all this stuff kind of sweeping them under the rug, someone's picked this rug up and there's a fucking mess. Like yeah. I gotta figure this shit out. And so there's, there's a lot in that. What I mean by there's so much, so many questions. It's like, I think I've had so many questions for myself over the past you know, eight months, essentially, that it's kind of like, I've, I've started to really figure some things out. And there's still some things that are glaring issues. Like, yeah. uh, I've gone some through some things recently, um, where it kind of caused me to really ask some questions, like, why did that bother me so much? 
or why is this agitating me so much? Or why, why are these things ha- like, why, why, why? And trying to figure out and like take a step back and kind of unravel what is, you know, Austin and uh, <laughs> why, why the fuck does this bother me so much? Yeah. And why is that this much weight or effect? Um, and that's kind of what I mean by that. There's so many questions to be asked. And I think there's a lot that I found calm within uh, and I felt more at ease with by figuring those things out and asking questions instead of just, because if you know, you then can replicate. Mm -hmm. It's like going in to make it a very easily uh, relatable topic. It's like going into the gym and there's this this one workout that gives you a, a sick pump every time. And let's say that that's one workout out of five in the week. And you, your goal, you just want to get a pump every workout. Okay. But if you don't know how the fuck you got there and you, every time you go into the gym, it's like, well, I hope I get a pump. It's like, you, maybe we should figure out, let's start, try to reverse engineer this a bit and figure out why it is that we're getting a pump or why mm-hmm. does this workout feel so good? Or why, you know, why do you in life react this way to a challenge that pops up? Like, let's digress. Let's reverse engineer this a bit, you know, enough to where we can figure out how, or it's like, I liked how I handled that situation. Well, how did you handle it? Don't just say that. Like, how did you actually handle it? Like, what were the steps and how did you get to the end? And I think there's so much uh, that can be learned without anything. No, you don't need a book. You don't need, you don't need a, a guru of any kind. You don't need a, you don't just need yourself for a lot of this. And it's, yeah, this self-discovery that you're able to do with just asking yourself more questions. And that's really what I mean by that whole question statement, but sidetrack, <laughs> sidetrack again, Austin's, yeah. Austin's you know, no, Austin. No, that's, it's, it's really cool. You said that. I think I was, I think I had this conversation with Mark. Um, I don't know if it was like six, it was like five months ago, five or six months ago. I was asking like, you know how he like, he's just like a, he knows a lot about business, right? Yeah. So I was asked, yeah, I was asking him a few things and <laughs> he kind of just like, in a way, he just kind of re-asked me my questions and I gave him my answers and yeah, my answers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. My answers were right. And then after we had that conversation, we then had a conversation about that conversation later. And he's like, he was just like, you know, a lot of the times you, you, you have the answers to a lot of these questions. It's just, you, uh, you, you want to, let's say, push that to someone you feel maybe has a little bit more experience than you, or maybe you think they know more than you, but they really don't. Like, if you ask yourself these questions and you just really think about it, you will probably come to the correct answer with somebody else who you could potentially pay like $500 an hour for business coaching will tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just funny what you were saying there because it's like, you really do have all those answers. You really can figure those out without any books, without anything, just by thinking and reverse engineering, maybe the process to yourself, you can figure out those answers. Uh, so it's just funny the way you're putting it because we, li- we legit were just talking about this and it was, it was exactly what we were talking about. So it's just yeah. funny. Yeah, that's funny, man. It's, so I, to your point, I, I, in the past, um, you know, I paid that, that amount of money for an hour of someone's time um, to basically essentially tell me what I needed to hear. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary. I'm not saying too much. Stop doing too much. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That was okay. That's it. Yeah. Do less. Okay. Uh, got it. Thank you. 
<laughs> you know, like no more questions, your honor. Like it's, it was a true situation of like, well, fuck, I could have told myself that. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what, that's the problem. That's what you needed to hear. Like you should ask yourself that question instead of paying me, but you mm-hmm. didn't. So I'm going to tell you. <laughs> thanks for your money though. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. He's a good guy, but like, no, it's, that's what I needed to hear though. And that's, I should have just asked myself the question. I, I think I did at one point and that was my answer. But then I was like, nah, that can't be it. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it was. So it's everybody listening to like a, a, a lot of business coaches like that do maybe they traffic, they charge exorbitant amounts of money. Some of them are actually really freaking good. Like there are a lot of, there are a lot of people within like Mark circles that pay ridiculous dollars to get into rooms with certain people. And they really get a lot out of that. So I'm not saying that that's like not worth it. I'm just saying that like, you may always think exactly. That's literally all we're saying. You have more answers than you think. Um, so the question you asked me a while ago is how I got involved here. Yeah. So I started training here in 15, um, started doing YouTube content with that, them sparsely throughout every now and then. And I started going to expos with them um, and doing stuff that way. And then I think it was like in December or yeah, in December, Mark was like, Hey, want to hop in on the podcast for a bit? I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 <laughs> let's do, do it. So yeah, I hopped in. The audience didn't hate my guts. And since the audience didn't hate me, <laughs> it's like, I, I'm the co-host. So yeah, that was that. That's awesome. And I think um, it's a lot like, I don't know if you listen to a Stronger by Science podcast, um, but it's, you got Eric Trexler and Greg Knuckles on that one. And yeah. Eric, Eric Trexler is the main, the main host of it. And there's, there's this running joke of Greg is a temporary co-host. Like Greg is just going to fuck it up. And basically you just, Eric's waiting for him to fuck it up and say something stupid enough to where he just doesn't have to, to do it with, to, with Greg anymore. Yeah. And obviously they, they, you know, they're, they're close and they work well together and they're funny and it's a worthwhile podcast. If, if you haven't listened to it, or you guys listening has, I have strong by science is actually, it's really it's, good. So it's yeah. a really good podcast, man. And it's, it's, um, but I, I love that. It's kind of like that. That's what I think of in terms of it's like Eric, you know, sitting there and Greg will say something stupid. And, and Eric's like, remember Greg, you're temporary <laughs> co-host. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. I'm pushing my luck today. And it's, it, that made me think of like when you said, you know, a kind of a temporary basis co-host and see if people like yeah. me. Uh, hey, man. That reminded me. That's how it was for a few, for the first few months. I was like, hey, should I come in again? You're like, yeah, yeah, come on in. It was good radio. People seem fired. Yes. Yeah. So it's been good though. The, the podcast yeah. has been going well. And yeah, man, it's, it's been really awesome. Um, dude, like we, I've been able to talk to a lot of like cool guests that have given me a lot of great insights into different things. I'm, I'm like, focusing on and learning about now I think a really cool aspect of the podcast for me was like it kind of um jump-started me into like continuing my own like just continuing my own education like i, I was like reading stuff here again on like mass and stuff like that right but it really allowed me to just be like yeah you know what this was a good conversation they brought up a lot of cool things let me just try to dive into this for a few weeks and see what i, I can learn for a bit i think that's a lot of Uh, an issue of um, a lot of information that we take in is where a lot of what we take in is via Instagram, via social, via Facebook, via Twitter. We have 140 characters at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, And ours like two, it's more now, I think, I don't know. I'm not on Twitter, but I think it's more anyways. It's, it's very, very little amount of information at a time. And 
we very we kind of just brush over otherwise what would be a rabbit hole of something in another time you know you if we subscribe to the law of you in another universe or dimension it's like maybe those social medias don't exist and you heard that subject matter and instead of you read that in 140 characters and well that's what i know about it now it's mm-hmm. heard that word it made you think and then you went to the, the library or you went on amazon and you bought the first five books that had the best reviews on that subject and now you're reading all those books over the next yes. month or two months and now you you have that level of depth of the knowledge of, of that subject matter instead of just well, yeah, I watched a 10 minute YouTube video and saw like, I followed three people on social, but I really see their posts, you know, because the algorithm mm-hmm. and all that. So <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've learned deep stuff is the algorithm, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, it all, it all falls back to the algorithm, but it's, um, it's just funny, man. Like the way that it'll do that, like hearing, and that's what like this podcast has been a blessing to me because it's essentially, I hop on with, you know, someone like you for however long you're willing to talk to me and we have a conversation about God knows what that kind of comes up during the process of it. And it's been immense, immensely helpful for me. It's helped me talk through things. It's helped me think through things and then things are brought up and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Like I'll look more into that. And like, like you were just saying, and it's, it's powerful. And I, I don't think, I think a lot of it just comes from listening better and following that, that itch. Um, so you had an, you know, you hear something and you're like, you kind of got an itch to, you want to look it up, like almost yeah. like you're at dinner. It's like, I have to Google this or I'm going to freak out the rest of this meal. Like, I'm just going to, uh-huh. I'm not going to say a word till I look this up, but it, then it's like going deep into a rabbit hole and like doing that just feels, there's something about that that just feels good. I think. Yeah. 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 It's it's like you, it is, it is it's like you, you're forming your own education pretty much. It's like there's something that piques your interest. Like you said, go find out more about it past the conversation and just the, the, the medium of podcasting. I like it so much because I just like the long form aspect of it. Like I like being able to really just have a conversation at length about something rather than, you know, like a, just a short YouTube video or again, just content on Instagram. It's don't get me wrong. Those are very useful, but yeah, I think they're kind of to longer form. Like it's kind of a, it's, it's your, it's your storefront. You know, like it's window shopping to Mm -hmm. let's, if you come inside, look at what I have to offer, have a conversation with me. I think you'll learn a lot and I think you'll enjoy it. And I I think I can help you transform your, your body or your mind or whatever else we're doing these days. But, um, as a whole, like I I think Instagram and these platforms, like you're saying, are just kind of like a storefront that people kind of window shop and Mm -hmm. you may follow that store. And then you may, by following that store, you kind of like are opening the door and giving them a shot. Um, or maybe taking it a step further, listening to a podcast or following them on YouTube for more long form stuff or something yeah. like that. But it's, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy that like they, Mark and Andrew over here were like, Hey, let's give him a shot. See if, uh, see if he can, uh, make this a little bit cooler. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they did that. Cause I, I, I love this man. It's it's super fun. I'm I, I feel like I'm so blessed to be able to talk to a lot of the guests they have on because you guys man, have some powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. Like if if seriously, if like if we weren't if I wasn't a part of this, I probably wouldn't have been able to talk to to, to have spoken to some of these guests for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But because I'm a part of them, like now I can have access to some of these people. I can really be able to you know 
poke through and find out some of the things that I want to find out for my selfish reasons, you know, yeah. which is great. So yeah, that's a beautiful blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've had, um, and mostly everyone I've had on this podcast is someone that I've known, uh, or had an acquaintance with, I, cause I think too, one, one thing about this podcast for me, one was the purpose behind it. The intent was kind of selfish in a way of, I want an excuse to talk to people like you for an hour, an hour and a half. And mm-hmm. there be some, the, at least some leverage of there's a dual threat of, yeah, we're going to have this good conversation, but at the same time, like we get to talk and at the same time it gets, you know, put out into the internet and the podcast world and other people are going to hear it. Right. And yeah, you'll get something from that, but our people are introduced to you then, which brings on new opportunity. But for me, it's like each person I've had on, it's just like this new connection. Otherwise that never would have happened. And they're just people that, you know, like, like you, I, I would have met you over the internet and five years ago. Okay. And then that leads to now in August of 2019, (laughs) you're on my podcast and it's like, well, fuck, I didn't think that was going to be a thing, but here we are. And so it's basically just me with this collection of people I've met or talked to or built a relationship with throughout the years of me being in this industry. And how can I take everything I've learned from like life beyond fitness mm-hmm. and this life, these, these lives that we continue to live and lead outside of fitness that make up so much of who we are within the fitness world that doesn't get talked about. Yeah. And I think that's a huge gap for people. Because, you know, we hear debates, we hear fasting, no fasting, we hear how many reps, we hear how many sets, you know, do rest periods matter? Well, kind of, but no. And it's like, (laughs) and it's like, who gives a fuck? Like, I'm tired. I was tired of arguing the fact of uh, looking at research because I think too, like, I think too, my intro episode kind of talks about um, there's people out there doing such a great job. You know, you got, you have your podcast, you got like the stronger by science revive stronger. Like you got all these, these podcasts that go really deep and have some of the best guests on the world on their pod. Like I'm the last person that needs to do another one of those. So how about I do something else? And, uh, that's kind of what I came up with, but, um, it's been a huge blessing to me to be able to sit down for this amount of time and and have a long form conversation with people like yeah. that. because this otherwise never would have happened. Right. I would have had to shoot you a DM, which led into, Hey, maybe I'll text you leading to, Hey man, I'm in, I'm in Sacramento. Um, <laughs> you, you want to grab a lift and then 10 years, 10 years down the line, maybe we're pals, you know, and it's like, there's this, and then we may be able to have this conversation. Yeah. If the time permits. But I think this is a beautiful platform that allows allows a lot of things to be said and talked about and really just dive deeper into the long form of human conversation, which I think is a, a lost, in my eyes, a, a lost art of, I can't, without the podcast, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you, I could count on one hand how many conversations I've had in the last month outside of podcasting that were longer than 10 minutes or, you know. That were that were outside of a, a text message or something um, digital or like a social platform. Do you think that's a problem? 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Because thinking about that, that's the like when I think about that, there's a few people who have maybe I've had a uh, my best friend. There's his, his name's Brian. We we have conversations like that often, but I don't do that that often outside. I do wonder if you or not. Yeah, we'll wait I don't know, man. It's a that's a good that's a good question, and I think it's the it's it's where it's going. One, mm. and it that's inevitable. I think like there's no there's no stopping that. Mm. So, like anything, there's a set of tools. We're the craftsmen. What do you do with your tools? Yeah. There's not that many rules. Like there's some things you got to abide by to stay out of prison, but as a whole, like there's not that many rules. You can do a lot with your tools that you have, you know, and you can choose to stay inside all day, watch Netflix. There's enough shows on the internet now that you could waste away in your life and still be watching entertainment, like entertaining television. Um, there's enough podcasts in the world to listen to, like you could fill your time with a lot of different things. You could do a lot of different things. You can have different conversations with different people. Um, I think it goes along. I feel like that has kind of a synonymous debate of children and technology Mm. of should we allow them to have their iPads? Should we not? Should we teach them how to play games? Should we not? Should we keep them up with the world, the speed of the world of technology or we shouldn't? Yeah. Do we, should we prepare them for the industrial revolution that happened forever ago? Cause I don't see that happening again. <laughs> so mm. it's like, should we prepare them for something that's outdated or should we prepare them for something that's overwhelming and stressful and anxiety ridden? What do we do? And I think that's that question you just asked me is somewhat synonymous in my eyes to the question of our children use should four-year-olds have iPads? And it's like, God, I don't know. That's a rabbit hole, bro. And it's tough. We've had that conversation here multiple times. It's, uh, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do when I have a kid. I, <sighs> it's fun. My, my wife and I talk about that. It's like, uh, well, who, who's going to be the bad guy here? Like who's going to, or what, we got to make sure we agree on this. Um, Cause that's, that's a debate in and of itself. And then you got generational input on, you know, your parents that are just like, well, they didn't grow up with it. Neither did you really. Mm-hmm. It was integrated, but it wasn't everything you, uh, you knew, you know, yeah. you know, we, I, I remember learning, how old are you? 26, 26, okay. Twenty September. So. Okay. I turned 26 in October. So we're, we're close. close. So like, I remember learning in L would have been, would have been elementary school. You know, we still had floppy disk. And I, I remember putting, uploading my, very rudimentary PowerPoint presentation onto a floppy disk and hoping I didn't like hit that slider. So it erased. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. And so like that was elementary school for us. So now that the fact that four-year-olds have iPads and more technology and a, a little tiny device than we did in our entire school um, here in a first world, then it's kind of like, well, shit, what, what do we do? But Honestly, who knows? And I wanted to lead that into uh, a last question here um, to which I, I like to preface. This, this, this is a question that can really go anywhere for you. Um, and I like to preface it to, to be where everyone has their shit they're working on, right? Whether that's professionally, personally, uh, whatever. And so the last question I like to ask is, what is one thing 
that you are working on personally? My relationships. Okay. Yeah. How so? I, I'm someone who, and this is always, this has been something that I've known about myself and that I've, I've always tried to get a little better at incrementally as, as the months and years go by. And it's the fact that when I get focused on something, if I wanted to, I could just let everything else go to the wayside and just focus on it. And go deep really fast. I'd be a hermit. Like I, I would turn into a hermit to, and, and when I say that, that's when I say relationships is what I'm trying to work on is because my relationships will just kind of dwindle away. I'll lose communication with other people because I'll get so warped in into what I'm focused on. Um, and that's gotten much better uh, as of recent, like with, 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 the, with my girlfriend, with my family, etc. I've been trying to be more active in keeping those things alive as I go towards my pursuits. And I, the thing is that I'm not, like I have friends that are just innately very good at maintaining the relationships of the people that they're close with and even people that they're not close with. You know what I mean? My wife I'm, is good at that. Yeah. I, I'm, you said you're good at that? My wife is. I'm Your wife is good at that. I don't think I'm not. I'm working on it. I'm like you. I'm working on that. Yeah. And I'm working on that because I know how important these relationships are. I, can, I know how important that they're going to be through the rest of my life that I maintain these relationships with these other people, not for the utility, not because I want something from them, just because like these are important people to me and I need to treat them that way, even when I'm doing something that's very important. Um, in the past, it, it showed itself like when, when I was in school, et cetera, when I was busy with certain things, I would just focus in and no one would hear from me for long periods of time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's why, like these past few years is I've noticed that being a flaw within my personality. And I don't know how long it's been like that. Um, I've been really trying to get much better at keeping those alive, making sure I'm doing certain things or keeping people in mind, sending quick texts to people in my life, et cetera, just to let them know I'm thinking about them. Um, That's helped you? Like yeah. you as a person, do you think like your overall happiness, fulfillment? Yes. All of that has helped. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I could, um, I don't know if it's something I could measure, but I know that right now, not just because of the athletic stuff I'm doing, but because of that, I, I do feel just emotionally just better. Like I, I don't feel stressed when I think about certain people because you, you know, the stress of like, you know, you haven't talked to your mom in a while, oh, you know, like it's, been, yeah. Right. And then, yeah. but then there's the anxiety of, fuck, I haven't reached out to her in a few months. But now if I reach out to her, she's going to be like, so now you want her back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need? Just, we want, we like, it, what, that's not the case, but it's like you, your fear of that is. Your fear of that. Present. Yeah. She will. Yeah. She won't do that, but you're scared that she will. So that's why I just like with, with the relationships with the people in my life, I just want to keep those alive. I want to let those people know that I'm there for them. Um, I just want, I, I just want to keep those alive pretty much with whatever it is I'm doing, no matter how busy I get, I'm trying to keep that life that's powerful i appreciate that answer i appreciate you sharing that yeah man do you have anything else that you want to lead the people with today as a piece of advice or wisdom or something that you've learned over the past year man one piece anything. one piece oh okay well maybe there's two yeah uh, go for it number one please get more sleep like 
Yeah. Like I've, 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 I've seen you to do more about sleep on your, on your story. Yeah, man. Like that's something that like, be, because I've played sports and stuff, I've always just never really been the guy to be like ah, five hours of sleep at night. Cool. But, yeah. um, real after realizing how like how just ridiculously important it is uh, and getting it on top of it with people that i work with you start to realize how just like if that can be fixed for a lot of people so many things let's not talk about the fitness let's just talk about emotional well-being anxiety depression all of those other things stress just how just how many other things can just be dealt with so easily if a person's just can be rested right please just Sleep, sleep. Get, yeah, get, get a good amount. Sleep. Yeah, Andrew and Mark over here. I think uh, sometimes they may get annoyed at me for how much I talk about that. So I'm going to talk about that again here. Sleep, and then number two, um, with whatever you're doing in terms of fitness, just try to uh, try not to sweat the small stuff too much, because I think you mentioned this. Back, it was important for me to have the experiences of tracking and being extremely on top of all these things to, to be where I am now um, in terms of not really stressing at all about food and just being able to go about my day and do what I do without, without any problem. But I feel like this is the kind of goal that I have for everybody that I, like I work with or everybody that's in fitness to be able to get to a point where you just like you're, you're happy training. You're happy with what you're doing. In terms of food, you just have control of it. You don't have to take a food scale with you wherever you go. You don't have to be so, so anal about it. So I think figuring out a way to have that be your destination with whatever you're doing, whether you're learning to track or just wh whatever you're doing, just try to get to a place where it's not an actual stress in your life. I'll put it that way. I know that's kind of a convoluted answer. It's, it's too mixed. I wish I could flush that out a little bit more. But um, hopefully, whoever's listening to this gets the gist of what I'm saying. I think they will. I think they Go will. Ahead. Yeah, man. I appreciate those two things. Two very important things. Sleep and don't sweat the small stuff. I think is put in the work for foundational, the building foundations, but throughout that process, don't sweat the small stuff that you're you maybe you have a hiccup on or you struggle with just kind of keep, yeah. keep on keeping on as Joe dirt would say. So <laughs> we'll end that with uh, a Joe dirt reference and where can, where can people find you, man? Uh, Cause I know, I know out of the, the people listening, um, I don't know if they'll be familiar with your stuff. Maybe they are, but if they're not, I know they're going to want to be. So, yeah. So Instagram and YouTube is at Ensima Eang. I don't know if I need to spell that out, but that'll be somewhere. N-S-I-M-A, I-N-Y-A-N-G. Uh, my coaching stuff's at breakthebar.com. Um, you can also find me at, here at Mark, Mark Bell's Power Project, the podcast. He has a YouTube channel and uh, an Instagram. And uh, yeah. And then there's a podcast I do with my best friend, Brian Belaya. It's called We Don't Know Yet. Um, I believe the website is wdkyet.com. It's literally a podcast about like, we're just learning shit. And yeah. there are certain things we don't know, but we don't know yet. That's right. the whole, yeah. So just talk through things and like, we just, yeah, certain books we're reading, we'll have taught, we'll just have discussions right. about it. Every now and then we'll bring a guest on to talk about a topic we're interested in. We're just like, just, yeah, we're just learning and sharing what we're learning. That's it. You're figuring it out because you don't know yet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
So you got the podcast, you got, you got both the podcast, you got your Instagram, um, and Instagram, YouTube and Mark coaching. Yeah. coaching. Yeah, that's, that's it. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And Seema, um, thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for asking me. I wasn't expecting this. This is cool.